Well, tonight we begin a whole new series on the Psalms. And uh, if you're not a Christian or haven't been around the church very long, or maybe even if you have been around Christianity for a while, the word Psalms can still sound a little stuffy. Because it's not a word we use every day. We don't say, oh, turn the psalm on uh, on the radio, or, or what psalms do you have downloaded on your phone? It's, a, it's an old word that basically means a song. A song that was put to music, songs that had lyrics, that rhymed, that had a rhythm to them. And these songs were Israel's songbook or hymn book back in the day. And now they've become our uh, hymn book or songbook. But that's what the Psalms are. They're right in the middle of your Bible. There's 150 of them. They're arranged in a certain way. We'll see as the semester goes on. But when you hear the word Psalms, I want to make sure that you've got the right image in your head because it'll make all the difference for how you hear everything else we talk about this semester. When you hear the word Psalms, if any imagery at all, like what I'm about to say, comes to your mind, I want you to purge it out. When I say the word psalms, if, you know, the idea of these priests or monks like meditating in a temple, a mountaintop temple with incense burning and birds soaring through the air and it's quiet and it's contemplative, if that's the image that comes to your head, I would love for you to just take those images and throw them away into the trash can. Because that's not at all what the Psalms in the Bible are like. That's not how they function. Instead, they're like this. They're like a street musician on a busy subway platform in the height of rush hour. Here's what I mean. When I lived in Philadelphia uh, a few years ago, I worked in downtown Philadelphia several evenings a week. And so I would take the subway into the city during the height of rush hour. And almost any night you were on the subway during a work week, there would be these street musicians because they were trying to make some money, right? The guy with the saxophone, or you've seen the guy with the paint buckets in the corner, playing their music in the midst of hundreds and hundreds of people who've just come out of all different kinds of days, uh, bustling around. You'd have people on those uh, subway platforms or or during that rush hour who you could tell were happy to be getting home to whatever was waiting for them, their family. Or you had people who you could tell were just wearing on their face the uncertainty or the anxiety or the frustration or the apathy from their job or their whatever was going on in their life in that moment. And here's the point. No matter the person or the kind of day they had, or where they were in life at that moment, that same music from that saxophone, or those, those drums, floated out over that subway platform. And it met every one of those people, wherever they were, with whatever kind of day they had. It met them there. And it began to affect them. And I would see it because me and everybody else... If you knew the song, you'd start tapping your foot or you'd start to hum it or people's eyes would glance over and watch. They'd get drawn in from wherever they were, whatever kind of day they had. That is what the Psalms are like. They meet you where you are and they carry you somewhere different. 
they're the music or the sound of faith, the song of faith in the noise of everyday life. They happen inside the noise, inside the chaos, inside the anxiety, depression, joy, distraction, apathy, uncertainty, whatever else. They happen there. And so if your ears are trained and if you're listening, you can hear and see and learn and begin to mimic and be changed by what faith does, what it sounds like, what it looks like, where it looks in the midst of all those different kinds of places. But if your ears are not trained, if you're not listening for those kind of things, you'll never know what faith could possibly look like the next time you meet a moment of panic or the next time uh, you, life is going so well, um, we don't even think about God. Well, the Psalms show us what faith does sound like in those places. And so the Psalms are like a street performer, not like the two monks in a temple quietly meditating with incense in the background. All right, so really quickly, what are my goals for this message, this series of messages this spring? I got three. They're not magical. I just thought they'd be good goals for us. The first is, I would love for all of you and for me at the end of these 13 weeks together to learn and to know what faith does and says and thinks and prays in the midst of a whole variety of life circumstances and situations. The second is, I would love for you to be able to detect and to see and to celebrate Jesus in the Psalms. Psalms are not a bunch of inspirational quotes put together. They're not character studies like, be like David or be like this guy. The Psalms, like every other book in the Bible, point to and only truly makes sense in the life, the death, the resurrection, and the reign of Jesus. So I want you to see him in the Psalms. I want you to be able to open up to Psalm 23 or Psalm 1 or to Psalm 100. And even though his name isn't there, I want you to be able to see how it points to him and how he sings that song. And the third thing is I would love for the Psalms to coach us into being much more honest much more real, much more candid with God and other people about where we are and what we're like, really. I'd love for the Psalms to help us stop pretending. Um, And I think that they can do that.